0: Well, good morning, friends. These are strange days to say the least, aren't they? Though we aren't gathering together this morning for an official reunion gathering, we thought it still might be valuable to continue on in our John series. Uh, We're going to be in this series for a year, you know, so if we start skipping messages now, who knows how long we'll be going at this thing. So that's what I'm going to do this morning, just give you a short little meditation on the next passage in the Gospel of John. And, you know, as I reflected, as this week developed, and we eventually made the decision not to gather together on Sunday, which actually happened before, we found out that the the community use of schools... Is really up in the air, along with classes being canceled. Community use of schools has uh, ceased for some period of time, uh, and we'll continue to update you all on that as as time goes on. But as I was reflecting on this passage that we're going to look at here together, it was clear that God uh, had something to say uh, in the in the verses that we're going to look at, and so I'm I'm hopeful that. You'll be encouraged by these few minutes that we spend together uh, and that you'll have things to think about uh, in the days ahead. So let me pray for us and we will jump in. Jesus, we believe that you are our greatest hope. You are our greatest good. And we often say that. When things are going well, but would we hold to it? Would we declare it? Would we believe it even in difficult and uncertain times like these? Because our world needs to hear that message. We love you. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a Bible, grab it and open up to John chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at verse 22. John chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salem, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he's baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Though this passage was written 2,000 years ago under very different circumstances than we are experiencing here in Canada in 2020, what is the situation that John the Baptist is called upon to address? It's anxiety about the future. Uncertainty about what's to come. And it feels to me, friends, like that's something that today we can relate to. See, John the Baptist's disciples were getting pressed. We're getting heckled, it seems like. We know that there had been some controversy all along with John's ministry. But in this particular moment, there's a Jewish person there, perhaps a Jewish leader who's come from Jerusalem and is bringing up. All of these criticisms of John's ministry, and probably bringing in a new one that people are now seeming to favor Jesus over John the Baptist and are going to him to be baptized. The passage tells us that people are still coming to John, but many are going to Jesus. And so John the Baptist's disciples come to him, and we get the sense that they are feeling anxious. What's going to happen? we've been dedicating our lives to this work or are we wrong to do that will things ever go back to the way they were and so we want to ask this morning how does john the baptist respond and i want us to look at three things that i think are relevant for us today in this strange moment that we find ourselves in the first thing that john the baptist does is he reminds his disciples that god is completely and totally in control. He reminds them that God is completely and totally in control. Look at verse 27. John answered a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. See in the in the face of a global pandemic it is easy for us to begin to look around and ask God, where are you in all of this? What what are you doing? And plenty of, of pl- plenty of people around the world like to use moments like this as proof that there can't be a God. There couldn't possibly be a God. And if by some chance there is, then he must not be good, because look at what is going on. But friends, if we find our thoughts trending in that de- in that direction at all, or if we hear people expressing thoughts like this, can we stop and remind ourselves of a couple of things? First of all, let's think together for a moment about the things that we have been given from above, as John says, the things that we have received from God, our Heavenly Father. Well, first of all, as we go through this, you know, as we enter into this strange phase of isolating, the vast majority of people listening to this are going to be able to do that in your home, where you'll be able to be comfortable, warm. You'll be able to put food on the table. Uh, you'll have ways to entertain yourself. You know, to pass the time. We're we're blessed in that regard. In this part of the world, another thing to think about, you know, here in Guelph, within a five or ten-minute drive, there are enough stores that you're going to be able to find the things that you need. You know, uh, your the you know the closest grocery store to you may start running out of something. Um, you know, we might have to look a couple places to find toilet paper. Uh, We know that that's happening, uh, but largely we're able to get the things that we need. And again, that may start to change, but uh, compared to other parts of the world, we're pretty blessed. We live in a country with a strong healthcare system. I know we find ourselves questioning that when we sit in a waiting room for hours, but all in all, again, compared to some other places in the world, we have a strong healthcare system and one that is free for us. What a blessing in a situation like this. And finally, and I don't say this jokingly or in, I don't say this lightly, I say it with complete seriousness, we have each other. We talk all the time at Church of the City about when you follow Jesus, you enter into, you are adopted into the family of God which means you have this community of brothers and sisters and that becomes a real and tangible and beautiful reality, perhaps in ways that it is just sort of in the background for us in times like this. It's real and it's tangible. I have complete confidence that if something were to happen to my family, we were have to, we were to have to uh fully isolate, not leave the house, that we've got people who are going to check in on us, people who would make those grocery runs for us uh, because we're family. In the same way that I would do that for so many of you, all of you, um, it's a beautiful and tangible reality, friends, that we have a family scattered all over this city. Um, and so If we find ourselves asking the question, man, God, where are you in all this? Let us stop and remember the good gifts that our Father has given us. And secondly, let us remember that even if some of those things begin to be taken away, you know, we can't get the things that we're trying to get at a store or uh, whatever it may be. We can remember that God is still good. He is still on the throne and that as scripture reminds us, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so this is the first word that John gives his disciples that I think we need to cling onto as followers of Jesus in this moment, that God is completely and totally in control. Second, John reminds his disciples that life does not revolve around them. And this is hard for us to hear, but it's important. John chapter 3, verse 29, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. And hear this, he must increase and I must decrease he must increase, I must decrease. John recognizes that from the beginning of creation, God has been up to something magnificent. He's writing a grand story that's going to end with himself receiving all the glory and creation being rescued and restored. Now you and I get to be a part of that story, but it's not our story. It's not about us. It is about him. See, sadly, it only takes a quick trip to Zare's or Costco right now to see that people are beginning to reorient their priorities around themselves. My wife was just at Zare's a couple of days ago and had a couple of instances of going to get something off the shelf and it kind of being grabbed out from under her. You know, it was the last thing of whatever it was that she was trying to get. We as followers of Jesus, friends, should be free from that problem because we know, we have always known, that our lives are not our own. They're not our own. And so we are able to trust God and to serve others freely and generously. Scott Sauls, a pastor in the States, said it this way this week. Just read to you a, a short little statement that he posted online. He says, in a time like now, Christian neighboring looks less like fearful self-preservation and more like servanthood toward the elderly, those with HIV, autoimmune disease, or no health care, fatigued and under-resourced health care workers, etc. And then here's the The great line. This is so beautiful. He says, Wash hands for sure, then wash feet. Wash hands for sure, then wash feet. Our lives do not revolve around us, friends. And so we are able to live generously, even in the midst of uncertain and anxious times like this. Finally, John reminds his disciples why Jesus. Is worth it. See, as they watch their ministry slowly diminish, John wants them to know why he is utterly convinced that Jesus is worth it. Verse thirty-one: He who comes from above is above all. Verse thirty-four: In in hearing Jesus speak, we are hearing the very words of God, and Jesus has the Spirit without measure. And eventually gives that same spirit to us. John 35, the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. And then the cornerstone. And John, the Baptist's final words in this gospel, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Friends, this needs to be the resounding message from our lips in times like this we have the one and only cure for every plague that will ever sweep across our world. Faith in Jesus of Nazareth, that he is who he says he is, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. See, John the Baptist was unshakable in the midst of uncertain times. And sure enough, not too long after this, he would actually go on to give up his life. But John shows us what it looks like in the face of uncertainty, in the face of uncertainty to be utterly convinced that God is in control, that life isn't about us, doesn't revolve around us, and that Jesus is worth whatever may come. And I hope these can be markers of us in this moment as well, friends. So that's all I have for us this morning. We will continue to update you all regularly on future Sunday gatherings, the status of those. I'll be sending out some suggestions around life within missional communities. Uh, in the next day or two, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, but just know that you are so loved. We're so grateful for all of you. And uh, if specific needs crop up uh, that are, you know, either you're not in a missional community or that go beyond the needs of of a missional community, would you reach out? Uh, info at Church of the City dot uh, now is the time for us to be generous and responsive uh, rather than, you know, anxious and reclusive. Um, we want to be, be marked as uh, people who, who respond to needs. And so uh, would you communicate those um, as, as they arise? We love you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, good morning, friends.